0: This is Better Benefits, a podcast from the team at Brella Insurance. We're talking about how to use employee benefits to build a world where health hardships don't create financial burdens. If you're a broker or employer looking for fresh ideas and new products employees will actually use, this shows for you. I'm Laura Cave, Director of Marketing, and I'm here with our Chief Revenue Officer, Mike Cirillo. For Better Benefits, episode number eight. Today, we're going to be talking to Alex Syriac, founder
1: of Lively, the company that's creating modern health savings accounts in an effort to help people prepare for tomorrow by making smarter decisions about finances and healthcare today. Mike, what do you think? Are you ready for this one?
2: Well, I am. Uh, I know we are really excited about today's show. And you know, HSAs may not be or may not seem like an obvious place for innovation to happen, but there certainly seems to be a lot taking place in the market today. And you know, as we've talked about, add to that the the pandemic world we find ourselves in. And in fact, I think I just read fifty one percent of U.S. workers are now enrolled in a high deductible health plan. So. Lots of eyes on how employees are are coping and will cope with the risks of unplanned medical costs. So, I know that's at the center of what we're doing, and, and exciting to uh, have excited to have uh, Alex here today to tell us a little bit more about what Lively is doing.
1: I'm really curious because I think that health savings accounts are going to become. Uh, only increasingly important when we look at uh, American families on high deductible health plans and having increasing cost sharing responsibilities. And I'm also really curious to hear from sort of a consumer perspective, how lively is making HSA is more exciting to employees. I feel like I remember the first time I had an HSA and it was part of a conversation where my health insurance was changing and I didn't feel like it was changing for the better. So it becomes sometimes a benefit that's overlooked or misunderstood because it's combined with this announcement that, you know, they're moving to a high deductible health plan. So, um, you know, I, I know that in my past, I thought of an HSA sort of as a necessary evil instead of a really valuable financial tool, which now I think it can be. And I think that Alex is going to tell us a lot more about that today.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. And I think not only a a valuable financial tool today, but really just the power of, of you know, the HSA from a long term perspective. So obviously an important tool to your point um, and and the big equation. So let's go ahead and introduce Alex and and hear what he has to say. And before founding Lively, Alex was uh, head of operations at JustWorks. And uh, he's on a mission to help people invest in their health, quite literally now uh, at Lively with their modern health savings account. So, Alex, thanks uh, so much for joining us today.
3: Thank you for having me,
2: Lauren. Mike, great to uh, great to have you here. So, Alex, tell us a little bit about your journey and what led you to start this company called Lively. Yeah,
3: it's a, it's a good question. Um, you know, funny enough, I, I like never really had uh, aspirations to start a company that that was. Uh, you know, I, I've always liked being early at companies. I was one of the first couple employees at Just Works, and you know, I really like love love that hands-on part of it, um, especially so early on. But you know, th- with, with with Lively, it, uh, it it almost feels in retrospect now that it was a perfect, like my career kind of led me to this uh, to this point. You know, prior to Just Works, I, I spent a bunch of my career in working for for payments companies. On the on the on the credit card uh, acquiring side, and you know if you look at a big part of what Lively is doing is you know we we issue a debit card, you, it's a, it's a Visa card, you, you spend it on the expenses. We have a debit card processor behind it, so there's a lot of my past uh, past life, and then you know with Just Works, uh, obviously very heavy in the in the healthcare and health benefits space. So I feel like you know just, uh, Lively is a is a really a, a crossroads of the two, but long story short, you know, my, my mom has had some, some her, uh, expenses, you know, over the last 20 or so years, you know, pretty sizable uh, costs. And my mom and I were just, you know, casually talking and realized like how substantial is you know, out-of-pocket costs were, were becoming. And I think, you know, in retrospect, naively, I just had kind of assumed that when you get older and, you know, you get Medicare, like that becomes the coverage that you need. Um, when in, when in reality, that, Actually, is a pretty small part of the coverage, right? So, so my parents both have Medicaid, but in spite of that, you know, we were a team that built out the the initial HSA product. So I knew, you know, at a topical level, the benefits, how it worked. Um, you know, didn't really understand too much of the, the industry, you know, super well, or um, you know, the re- really the long term you know advantages for it, and so. Um, you know, as I dug into it, I, I was just really uh, blown away because if you're you're investing the money that's in your HSA or just gaining interest on the cash, all that all that gain is also pointed that I didn't actually open. My, uh, being able to take money and put it into an HSA and, and build it up so that you know, so now like you know, we have a 20 month old, we have our second baby on the way, um, you know, with kids, and you know, as you as you get older, your your expenses, your healthcare expenses tend to tend to grow as well it'd be really nice to have an HSA you know, nest egg have, have been built up over the last 15 years or so to, uh, to tap into, to, to, to pay for these expenses. So I just get, uh, you know blown away by, by the advantage of it, but still didn't you know, really think about starting a company. And, and it, was, it was really when I started talking to um, you know, uh, people that had accounts and um, you know, just wanting to understand from them, look what their experience of using an HSA was you know, I thought um, you know it was. An, I you know obviously at that point I had done re, you know industry research and realized that it was a very you know a market that's growing very very quickly and um, was really kind of full of you know older legacy providers and and not really any new innovators in the space. And so I had this like inkling of maybe starting a company uh, in in the space, but before I got too far, I, I wanted to find out, you know, is there, is there a need for a better HSA, right? Is, uh, uh, and so, you know, I talked to, you know, about two or 300 people that had accounts just to find out what their experience was. And, you know, the overwhelming majority of feedback was just, was just very negative. You know, people felt that, you know, it was hard to, to, to take money out, you had to fill forms for things. If you made mistakes, it was hard to correct them. You know, richer health plans or, or plans with, with, with less, uh, lower deductibles. Into a higher deductible plan where they're bearing more of the the upfront burden. Packing um, on a, a difficult HSA, we built the company uh, starting with the consumer first, right? And, and you know, as, as part of that, right, uh, we built our own HSA record keeping software. We, we're not using one of the HSA platforms that's out there to, to you know tack on to build on top of. Um, and that was important because we wanted to be able to really be in control of our destiny from a, from a product standpoint and really, you know, over time, bring a lot of more, uh, a lot of differentiation and, and value in, in, in what we're doing. And so it was, it was really important that we built our platform um, ourselves in-house. So, you know, obviously it took much, much longer to get to market and, you know, building HSA record-keeping software is, is not easy. I could tell you that. Um, but it was, you know, it, it, like I wouldn't change that decision at all because I think it's really enabled us to to do the things that, that we want, um, for, for our, for our account holders, but, you know, really started as a, as a place of being consumer first and, and making the experience for account holders just really, really, really seamless.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I, I always appreciate, you know, when we, when we talk to, um, you know, some of the founders we've, we've engaged with or, or other entrepreneurs as to what sort of led them to, you know, start the, the, the company that, that, uh, that they started and, I, I always find it, it really uh, fascinating, right, that oftentimes it is that sort of personal connection to what you're doing and, and you know, putting yourselves in the shoes of the consumers that your product is, is aimed at uh, serving. So I appreciate you sharing that, right? It, it, it does, I assume, as you've gone through this, I know for us here, it makes that uh, vision much clearer and, and sort of helps define the, you know, the path forward. So thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no problem.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, it's fascinating to hear about the market research that you did to identify some of the needs and some of the ways that you could differentiate and create a better experience. I think coming, you know, just as a consumer thinking about personal finance and thinking about the kinds of checking and savings accounts that I have, there isn't that much differentiation between the products and there isn't that much of an expectation of, Great customer service necessarily across the industry. So I'm curious if you can talk a little bit more about this product itself and some of the things that you implemented to make it that?
3: Um you know I, I think you know first and foremost, right? Like really kind of I guess building off of what I what I said about uh, building our uh, keeping software. Right our on, the, the onboarding process is built on top of that, right? So if you're if you're an account builder and you want to sign up with live it's really just a few minutes, right? two to three minutes you can go through our onboarding flow. I mean you know if we're working with an employer those employers can automatically move the friction of just opening up the account. I think that is where we historically have seen a lot of dropage, right? So, you're um, as an account holder, if you it's if it becomes almost your responsibility to be open up the HSA just for completely frictionless, right? Whether it's um, contributing into your account uh, on on whatever frequency you want, or your payroll supports um, to 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 submitting a, a reimbursement for an expense that you pay not on your lively debit card. We just wanted to make those. Um, initial experience is just really, really easy and, and super intuitive, right? And so, and, and these things, you know, like for I think as as consumers now, you kind of expect these with with tools that are available. And what I'm really excited about now is is starting to build tools that create like a centralized place for you as a consumer to to view things, right? So um, you can di- you can link your health insurance plan to Lively now. If you're new to it, it, it can be quite daunting, and and the education needed to like really kind of. Understand it can be can be quite a lot, but we spend a lot of our time uh, producing content, um, uh, engaging with our account holder base, and, and it's actually like um, it's it's you know the, the, what it's you know uh, what it's led to is actually pretty remarkable, right? So you know if you think um, so, just looking at like industry averages, where you know 21 over 21 percent of accounts are unfunded. Uh, these are employee accounts are belonging to an employer. Uh, I'm sorry, a link to an employer with Lively, it's about 3%. So only about 3% of our employees have have not funded their accounts. And 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 that's not, it's not accidental. It's because of specifically the things that we've done, both on the product side and the engagement side, to drive that behavior, right? Because an account is. Is, is is not good for us. It's not good for the account holder if there's if there's no funds going through it, right? So that's like an example of one. Um, over thirty five percent of our uh, of these employees that are on our platform have set up a recurring contribution into their HSA. That's higher than the industry average. Um, our average, you know, cash account balances is north of twelve percent higher than the industry average. Um, there's just a lot that we've done to to really drive. You know the the longer-term behavior that i think the that, that's that that the industry needs and that, that that consumers want which is building up savings building up um you know a, a nest egg for the long run and 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 you know as a testament to that right like over uh, lively's like, employee account holders are investing at five x uh, five times the rate of of, uh, of of the industry right so like more of our employees are engaged with our investments product right and, and you know the fact that we have an investments product itself is and we have two of them is actually quite uh, 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 quite an achievement in itself because a lot of a lot of administrators and a lot of custodians don't just offer a cash account but you know if you think of the HSA it, it is something that that you can use over the long run and so you know we built out two very unique uh, investments products uh, for our, for our account holders um, and we're seeing employees engaging and, and signing up for it and using it at five times the rate of the, of the industry and you know and then and then we do things just like operationally right like we 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 put together this welcome series for for new account holders as as they get up and running um you know emailing them with information providing them with content and that's reduced i think when we had looked once we released that onboarding welcome series it reduced, it reduced the number of like support inquiries we were getting by 50% so there's a lot that you you can do to engage your audience uh, or engage your users, so that you um, can just you know make it easier for them to continue to interact with with the product that you have, um, and you know like the, I, I think the last thing that I would just mention is um, you know I think I think just being a, a good experience for the for the account holder like just really matters for obvious reasons, but you know for us like one of our top line metrics as a company that we track. Is the net promoter score that um, that we have? So our our net promoter score, and we were proud of this that we, we shared. Our net promoter score is seventy three, which is very very high in an industry where it it tends to be in the low teens um, for, from a from a net, net promoter score perspe- perspective. And you know, if you're not familiar with an MPS or net promoter score, it's it's a survey that you get in the mail or in your email from, from a lot of companies. You know, on a scale of zero to ten, how likely are you to recommend uh, you know XYZ company slash product to a friend or colleague? Um, and so you know you have promoters, you have passes, and you have detractors, and it's a formula that that across those that, that produces a score. But you know an NPS of 73 is very, very high in the industry. And, it, and it's something that we're really proud of. You know, we we really believe that you know the account holder should have the most like the best experience with, with us. And that's why the net promoter scores is a top line metric it's one that we track at the board level um, at lively so it's one that we don't take um, you know take for granted
2: that's great that's and, super and impressive. I'm, and I'm, I'm, yeah for sure I, I know Laura that's uh, I think we use that term around here being NPS obsessed as well and and I, I think mm-hmm. that's such a critical metric um, these days I, I, Alex just a quick follow-up on the employer side do you do you find that the percentage of employers that are contributing to HSAs is on par with industry averages? Or do you see a different metric there?
3: Yeah, it's actually, it's actually higher. I think it's higher for us. I haven't looked recently, but I, I think a few months ago when I looked, it was about 81% or so of our employers are making a contribution in their employees' HSAs. And you know, we, uh, the, we, we provide a lot of material for the employers to help understand. You know, Ultimately, if you can um if you are contributing whether you're doing you know we support employer matches for example so you can match what your employees are making um, and there's very you know various flavors of that or you can do a fixed amount or you know, a variety of different uh, schemes but oftentimes if you are contributing as an employer into your HSA or into your employees HSA The employee themselves are more inclined to, A, you know, finish opening up and enrolling in the account because they now have money available in it. Um, And two, are are likely to also contribute themselves uh, uh, along the way. So uh, we definitely see um, uh, a higher, a high percentage of our employers that are actually making a a contribution into their their employees' HSAs. And I think, especially as employers make a transition into offering a high deductible for the first time, I think seeding the HSA or contributing to that HSA Will help soften that blow for the employee um, of having to, you know, bear more of that cost themselves. And so um, I I think we're, we're, I think year over year we're actually seeing a higher percentage of our employers um, making that contribution
2: as well.
1: That's super interesting. I, you know, given the past year that we've had, it's been anything but business as usual. Um, I was wondering if you could kind of speak to anything you're seeing that you think is maybe a COVID nineteen or coronavirus. Pandemic-driven trend. I'm curious if you if you see uh, more folks going to that high deductible HSA model, or an increase in in savings, or an increase in employer contribution. Sort of given the additional health risks that are going on.
3: Yeah, I, I think um, you know what we've seen is is a lot of employers keep things a little bit you know consistent and the same i think they were more reluctant to, to make drastic changes for their employees so you know, there were some larger employers that we were, were engaged with who you know were thinking about offering an age, a high deductible for the first time but decided not to and decided to to keep things consistent so with unfortunately you know people experiencing layoffs and uh, people losing their jobs um you know we did see uh, an increase in the number of individuals that were signing up with lively and we had an existing HSA that they were bringing over because, you know, for us, for our, our individual product is 100% free. Um, and, you know, you just sign up, you, you can um, sp- say who your current provider is, you can request a transfer. And, you know, we kind of take that take that on for you and, and, and get your funds over to Lively. And so we did see, you know, we did see a rise in that as, as unfortunately people did, um, uh, you know, were leaving their, uh, their employers. But... I'd say, generally speaking, I think the biggest thing that the biggest impact was, and and we we were you know supporting our employers right. We were providing them information and data about you know how people were utilizing their accounts. Um, you know, being able to equip them to try and make decisions um, for for what their you know what their benefits plan looked like going forward. So um, I think I think the, the the short answer, I guess, Laura, is there was a lot of uncertainty, and there probably still is. Um, but I think you know our our the, the position that we take is. Um, you know, we're we, we're we're carrier agnostic, right? So we're not linked to an insurance carrier. Our goal is to ensure that our employers have the the, the most information available to them, and prospective employers have the most impo- information available to them to make the to make the best decision. And, and oftentimes, you know, the the high deductible in the HSA is not the right decision, and and we've told people that. And so I think for us, it's just, it's just really important to ensure that people that are that are switching to Lively or offering a high deductible and are offering the HSA. Um, you know, are doing it for the right reasons and have the have the tools and information available to them to make that decision.
2: Yeah, you know, I think that's that's very common, right? I, we We experienced something pretty similar in fourth quarter as well, Alex, just you know, I, employers trying to navigate you know a, a really uh, unplanned for open enrollment cycle and and you know broker advisors trying to assist them through some of that. Uh, confusion and, and complexity, and, you know, hopefully we can get back to a little bit of normalcy here in, in uh, 2021. And I guess on that note, what's next for uh, Lively and, and the team in 2021?
3: Yeah, uh, it's a good question. Um, we, you know, we're, I think we're starting to see things not get to pre-COVID levels, uh, of course, but, but start to, you know, try to trend in that direction. So as, you know, you probably know, right, Q4 is kind of our busiest time of the year. January is super busy. So we're we're going through that process, um, but I think really for us, it's continuing to, to 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 solidify the the core kind of HSA product for employers and, and account holders. Really optimize some of the operational processes that exist. Uh, make onboard even onboarding even more smooth. Um, I, I think really just investing. This is a year where we're investing a lot into the product. Um, you know, we as as you can probably guess, companies like us that start, you know, you scale very fast and you know, systems and, and capabilities kind of catch up along the way, right? And so, you know, this year is, is, is really a year of investment into the into the product and really just, um, you know, shoring it up, you know, for for, for the growth that we, we know we're going to experience um, over the coming years and then really start investing into uh, tools and products for our account holders that we think will drive a lot of value, right? And, and you know, I think there's, as more and more people uh, start, uh, you know, shopping for health insurance, I, I guess you can say, or, or care, sorry, um, you know, start finding out, and there's a lot of transparency tools that are coming out. You know, making it. Uh, you know, I, I think if we're if we're shifting into a consumer-driven healthcare world where more that initial cost is being uh, borne by you as a consumer, um, I think it's important to have the tools and and the resources to to make informed decisions. And so, um, I'm really excited about some of the things that we have on our roadmap that will help um, our accounters make really like like really informed decisions about where they see care how they see care when they see care right things like that 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 I'm really excited about but it's really you know we we're fortunate enough as a company to you know to be growing and, and to have things you know working well and um, I think it's really important to not lose sight of uh, the things that got you here right so so you know I mentioned NPS right like it's a top line metric for us that will be a top line metric for us for as long as I'll be here right because I think I think what we don't want to do is fall into the trap that a lot of companies you know, get into when they start scaling very fast is losing sight of the things and, and making sacri- sacrificing on the things that really enabled you to get here. You know, I uh, I still see our uh, some of our support tickets, like I still read them because, you know, I'm, I'm far removed from that now, but it's really important for me to just, to, to, to really keep, to see what, um, you know, our users say and, and the questions that they ask us and the areas that they, um, you know, need help in. and. I think just not losing sight of the consumer is is really, really important. And not just seeing them as you know an account holder, right? We 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 see them as as you know as much, much more than that. And just never forgetting kind of they're the ones that enabled us to get here and continuing to always invest into the experience that they have. Like that, that will never change for us.
2: Yeah, I I just think that's it's again a lot, a lot of similarities to what we're working through here, right? We have the luxury as innovators and, and, and newer players in, in a very traditional space to not be distracted or, or handcuffed by other things that make it hard to focus on the consumer, right? And, and whether it be platforms or processes or just an organizational culture and commitment to, to make that a priority, I, I again, it really resonates because I, I think that is critical. That is how we will differentiate your company, our company, um, and how we ultimately will, will better serve uh, the consumers. So, yeah, great great thoughts there, Alex. Appreciate that. Yeah, no,
1: Rob. Well, yeah, this has been fascinating. And, and like Mike said, I'm just thinking about so many uh, corollaries and parallels between what we're up to here and, and how you guys are approaching things. So it's, it's great to hear that other folks are, are out there sort of building these types of products
0: Before we let you go, I want to take an opportunity on every episode. We, you know, we talk to all kinds of leaders who've done just incredible things in their lives. And we want to leave our listeners with something that can help them grow professionally. So I'm wondering if there's a resource or a book that really had a big impact on you as a person or as a leader that you. Think everybody should read.
3: So we went through a program called Y Combinator, which is hard and has a lot of challenges, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Right? You know, impacts on your own family and and time away, and 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 I think Paul's essays have always just been um, encouraging for me because I think it it you know Paul Paul and and you know a lot of the the, the y, y, YC community has you know, they've seen so much, right. And being able to read through, you know, oftentimes I find myself in a position as, as, a, as a leader of a company and I've read how, you know, whether uh, in, in an essay where Paul uh, talked about, you know, what, it may not be the exact same situation, but, but, a but a similar situation. And I found myself drawing inspiration and, you know, uh, forming my decisions based on uh, the things that I've read. So Paul's, Paul's essays have been really, really good for me. And I've, I've really, um, you know, I, I, I try to consume as much as I can from from those, and, and and take notes, and and try to apply that as as we're building our own company. Because a startup is is a startup for for almost forever, right? It's never just the first couple of years. Like you're, you know, we've been, we've been building this company for five years now, and I still feel like we're we're like so early, and we're still in the same faced with a lot of the same things that we were in, in years one, two, three, and four, right? And so I, I don't think any of those things just really go away, regardless of how many people you have um, and how fast you scale. I think, uh, I think his essays have, have, regardless of the stage that we were in, have, have always just been uh, very impactful for me.
1: That's awesome. I'll definitely have to check those out. And we will uh, include some links in the show notes when the episode goes live. So if anybody's curious, head over to joinbrella.com slash podcast to check it out. Oh, well, this has been a wonderful conversation with you. A really great way to cap off our spending the time with us and lending us your expertise and sort of giving us the update from lively. So thank you. Thank you again for being here.
3: No, thank you for having me, Laura. Mike, I really enjoyed the discussion. Um, And yeah, I look forward to to hopefully uh, getting a chance to to meet the two of you in person once we're we're in place to be able to do so.
0: Yes. So, Mike, so much to take away from this conversation. I'm wondering what is sticking out to you?
2: This idea of, you know, lively starting the consumer first. We talked about that in team pretty basic but just love the fact that you know they're they're committed to that consumer experience and that's how they've built their company and and I think this sort of an offshoot to that was the the comments that Alex made on member engagement and the commitment there finding ways to, to touch their account holders and it's driving you know higher than than industry metrics like the the 3% un, unfunded HSA account metric that Alex shared bottom line is you know how do you stay connected to your your customer base and and keep your your members engaged so I you know that's Near under your umbrella too. So those those two items for sure stood out. How about for you? Yeah,
1: that's exactly that's exactly what where I was going with this. I think getting the basics right it's such a huge opportunity in the you know insurance and personal finance space, uh, financial services space. Um, this idea of frictionless onboarding and paperless admin it's not easy to do. Um, we know first, but the investment, it sounds like for Lively, and I, I think for us as well, we're seeing early signs of the investment in, in creating platforms that are easy to use and easy to administer. is just worth its weight in gold in terms of participation and contribution. And um, I know it's encouraging to hear how Lively is seeing that show up in their NPS scores. And then the other thing I was going to mention that really... We didn't spend too much time talking about it, but it really stood out to me was this concept of having a holistic view of your health-related finances. You know, Lively could have really stopped at saying, okay, we're going to let you see and manage your contributions. We're going to show you how your health uh, savings account is growing over time and make sure that that's really accessible to you via debit card so you can manage any purchases you need to make. But they didn't just stop there. They said, actually, people need to know how much they are responsible for in their deductible connected to their health plan. And by looking at the bigger picture of what is, is the situation with respect to this person's whole finances with these multiple tools working together, like I can imagine the time when you could see your umbrella benefits also in that picture as well. You know, this is the, the cost sharing you might be responsible for, but also the supplemental benefit You may have saving savings, have to do what's needed, and being able to see that whole picture in one place is a super powerful idea.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and we didn't talk a lot about it, but just knowing a little bit about we I mean, you can sort of see that come through in... Their branding and, and and sort of their their messaging and it's it's simple terms, right? You know, it comes back to the consumer and you know making mm-hmm. it easy to understand and, and simplifying that entire experience. So, yeah, I, I agree with you there, Laura. Good thought. Well, well, what do you say?
1: I think we've covered it.
2: <laughs> we did we can wrap it up. All righty. Well. Thanks uh, again, Alex and Laura. Thank you once again. It's always a pleasure to co-pilot with you on this. And for the audience, if any of this discussion resonated with you and and you want to find a way to get involved with us, don't hesitate. Email us at sales at joinbrella.com. And as we said in prior podcasts, we're working with brokers and their Texas-based clients right now, um, especially with some off-cycle Campaigns and enrollment. So don't wait until next fall to uh, get your team the coverage that they need. Um, holler at us. We're excited to uh, have a chance to work with you.
0: Visit slash podcast for notes from today's show. And if you liked the episode, share it with a colleague. This helps us spread the word. Be sure to subscribe or follow in your favorite podcast player so you don't miss our next episode. And that's a wrap. This is Laura Cave and Mike Zerillo from the Better Benefits Podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great week.